0: Hide your maze tattoo, update your conspiracy board, and get ready to weather the storm with us as we return to Haven. This is Trouble, the self-proclaimed number one Haven Rewatch podcast, debuting back in 2010 as a sci-fi channel original show. Haven stars Emily Rose, Lucas Bryan, and Eric Balfour as they take on a different curse every week while trying to solve the mysteries of Haven. I am your first host in our father-son podcasting duo. My name is Alex French.
1: And this is Rich French, the French who's cold Dead Black Heart is colder, deader, and blacker since the NFC Championship game.
0: And as usual, we like to uh, start off every episode with a summary. So we are covering Haven's second season, the fifth episode called Roots. Uh, On the wiki, they say same title as a book, but I I don't know how much ties this has to to roots. Uh,
1: (laughs) No, no, they say they say it ties to a Stephen King story called Weeds.
0: Oh, no, no, no. no. Mm -hmm. They mention a book, too. Yeah.
1: I don't think they're talking about Alex Haley's roots, because I'm telling you, that's a quite different
0: thing than this roots. That's what I'm telling you. It's it's fucking mentioned in the wiki that it says. In the wiki, it has a line that says the episode shares its title with the novel of the same name. And it links to Roots, the saga of an American family by Alex Haley. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, it has the same
1: title, but it is nothing like Roots. You know, Uh I
0: mean, that's what I'm saying is I'm not sure how I don't know if that really constitutes anything saying that has the same title as the book. Right.
1: I I was thinking that I'd probably change the name of this episode just so there wouldn't be any confusion with the historic Roots. (laughs) What would you You call
0: it if you could change if you had to change the title? vines vines. i don't know nah. foliage i don't know <laughs> family trees family tree maybe lineage there's some pun with lineage and foliage in there i think i'm, I'm just maybe, i'm not smart enough to figure it out maybe a family feud maybe maybe it, unless that's tra- you know, trademarked and, we and can't. i was like can they get sued for that maybe probably so but but they didn't get sued for calling it roots there's probably just a big loophole there um, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Alex
1: Haley has never, uh, heard of Haven. So, and yeah, it slides by.
0: <laughs> okay. On to episode five. So our episode begins with, uh, we're introduced to two guys, right? And there's a soccer ball in the yard. We're at a wedding rehearsal. Ben, right. Is looking at it when this kind of dude, Ben, uh, Keegan. Yeah, Ben
1: Keegan's out there in the yard, uh, kind of looking off into the woods. And then his future son-in-law, uh, Peter Novelli, comes up, you know, kind of rags. Hey, you know, what's the soccer ball doing here? We want this place immaculate. Oh, by the way, how about staking us out with some land so that I can provide for your daughter the way she wants, which Ben apparently didn't look too pleased
0: about. He kicks. Uh, so Ben kicks the soccer ball out into the woods. It comes back after they walk away. It's all been shredded up and covered in goop. Meanwhile, Audrey and Chris are driving around because they have a date to go on. But first, Audrey needs to deliver this marriage license, and Chris is bitching up a storm as usual. I mean, but uh, there's another couple heading into the wedding as well: Duke and Evie. Right? They want to find out about this box, and only uh, what was her name? The the woman, the aunt. Oh, it's uh, Beverly Keegan. Yeah, right. Beverly right. Keegan. She knows about antique shit. So they and has been in the th- These families have been in Haven forever. So he's going to go try to sweet talk and get some information. And what's the lowdown on this box?
1: Yeah, they're trying to pose that they're uh, providing the wine for the event. So, yeah. And and of course, when they run into Chris, they start fawning over Chris and, hey, after this, we should go get drinks. So, uh, Peter is inside the house now and he's talking with uh, his uncle. Dom Novelli and Dom is warning Peter. He is making a big mistake, but Peter's like, eh, I don't believe all the stories. You know, I'm going through with the wedding. Audrey comes in. She's got the license and she's uh, the marriage certificate. And, you know, she gives it to Peter, but then Ben uh, Keegan walks up and he's pissed and he crumples up the, the marriage uh, license. And he's like, Nope, this marriage is off. Get you and your family to hell out of my house. And then he storms off. And then Peter looked, it appears like Peter goes the direction after to follow him. It appears that way, at least.
0: So Duke and Evie are talking to Beverly Keegan and she's uh, kind of, you know, playing a little weird at the bot, you know, like, I don't know. She's not playing, she's not a straight shooter, but she's telling him it could be very valuable to the right seller, but ultimately it's nothing special. And it doesn't have any powers, even though Duke is insisting there must be something weird about it. So she's trying oh, to yeah, she tried down. Yeah. She's
1: trying to play coy. Like, I don't know what you mean. And he's like, your family's one of the founding families. You know what I mean? And then she's like, and she's like, it does have value. You just have to find an interested buyer. Which is possible, which uh, you know Duke's not happy with because he wanted info. But Evie perks up. She's like, "Buyer, uh, she's uh, interested."
0: Yeah, and we hear a scream from the bathroom. Audrey rushes in. Uh, there's shattered glass, goop, and blood everywhere. Title credits. She goes out looking in the forest. Her and Chris. They don't find anything. They find some goop. They come back and start talking around. Right. Exactly.
1: So uh, Audrey's back at the house and she's checking out the exterior damage by the, that bathroom. And she tries to call for backup, but there's no single. So she can't call in backup. And also she notices that through the ruckus, the main phone line is down as well. So Audrey and Chris walk back, walk back in from the woods and they see Peter and Moira out, you know, out in the yard. And so Audrey stops and they uh, interview them. And of course they, they fawn over, um, Chris a bit, but, you know, they still able to have a conversation. And uh, Moira tells him that Peter wanted Aunt Beverly to give them some of the land she inherited. But then Peter's kind of like shuts down the interview and kind of just walks off. You know, the AP's like, hey, Chris, keep an eye on Peter. She goes inside, meanwhile, and has a conversation with Dom. And Dom tells her Peter has troubles, but not those kind of troubles. He says the Keegans are cheats and they tried to kill him a long time ago. And then he shows Audrey the scars on his arms. You know, he tells Audrey, it's the Keegans who are troubled, not the Novellis. And
0: all of a sudden they hear a scream. Right. Kristen do a very good job watching over people as he finds uh, Ben's body dead, leg ripped, clean off. Uh, no human could do that. The daughter accidentally saw uh, Moira saw. So she's freaking out. You know, Audrey's trying to get to the bottom. It's like, figure out what's going on. Peter, you know, and Peter's like, hey, let's see the body, you know, let's do this to the body. And then Moira's like, oh, you fucking killed him because you wanted the lamb, blah, blah, blah. The lady who works at the wedding is like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. She rushed. She tries to get in her car and drive away. The ground is freaking out, shaking, and the roots come out of the forest and drag her into the darkness, killing her. Right. So So
1: Audrey's like, hey, hey guys, you you just can't all willy nilly leave. We're going to have to caravan out out of here. But uh, but then they see they see the roots coming towards the house. So they know the only place to go to safety is Audrey gets everyone to the barn.
0: Uh, So and the vines and roots all wrap around the barn, trapping them inside. Meanwhile, just to cut back to the police station for a little while before the vines incident just happened, Nathan was, you know, Hanging out when Dave and Vince came, you know, dropped by and uh, they found out that Audrey and Chris went to the wedding together. They're like, oh, Nathan, you better move in or else she's they're going to vote. And he's going to get with him. Uh, Nathan's like, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. But secretly, I am. Yeah. Uh, they leave in their van. Nathan's like, be careful. Your van's going to break down. Sure. Shit. They call him over the radio. The van broke down. So Nathan has to go get them. He gets in the van. Uh, and that's when the vine attack happens and wraps around their van, trapping them inside. He finds in the back of the van all they got is like a hockey stick, some flares, and tape. And he's like, "All right, I think I can get us out of this and get to the wedding."
1: You know, you, you forgot about the clam chowder. Yeah, we had sorry. A can of clam chowder. He, I don't
0: know if you open it or just throw the the can at the vines and hope that helps.
1: Well, it, but it's vines in Maine, so they're probably like clam chowder. But but I digress.
0: Cool. So inside the barn, Audrey's you know trying to control the situation. And while she's dealing with the kind of family and Chris, she sends Duke and Evie, she sends, well, she sends Duke up top and Evie tags along to say, hey, can you get to the top and see if you can get a way out top? And then kind of what do they talk about up there?
1: So uh, Duke and uh, Evie are upstairs and, you know, Duke's trying to get the door open and it's jammed pretty, pretty uh, tight, you know, and Evie's like, oh, Duke. You have changed. You're looking out for p- other people, taking one for the team. She says, I can change too, and we can leave together. And right at that point, Duke gets the door open and the roots are like right there, ready to pounce. So he has to close the
0: door. Right. Uh, And, you know, these these people are still arguing. The Novelli's and the Keegan's are still going at each other. And Audrey's, you know, Chris is like, all right, cool. I'm gonna get some tools and fight my way out of here. And she's like, no, it's a person. They have a big argument. She's like, what do you only like me? Because I'm not uh, obsessed with you. And he's like, oh, and they get a little spat. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, they're uh, they've. I think that's when they kind of start figuring it out, right? They kind of figure out, oh, it's that these it's every time they fight because another argument breaks out. It's every time these two families fight, these roots start attacking.
1: Exactly. So, and and they realize, and you know, and then Chris and Audrey kind of go, you know, in the barn, but off on their own, you know. And he's like, hey, I want to use science to figure this out, and she's like it's always about people and it's pretty cool. He has a good line about uh, quoting Newton and they realize that it's the hate between these families. And Chris is like, you know, Newton, every reaction has an opposite equal reaction. So if it's hate, they need love. So they know what they got to do now.
0: Now the question is, how can they do it? They talk to the younger couple who are getting married. Uh, no dice. They're not having it. The roots attack again. So they go to the older couple. It turns out that Dom and uh, Beverly used to be a thing. When Dom and, when one of her brothers attacked Dom, the trees attacked because the hate was flying around, and so she blamed him, he blamed them, but now they finally realize that it was the Roots all along, that you know, it was a mistake between all of them, they thought everyone was lying to each other, they fall in love, the Roots kind of start to rescind a little, and then uh, everybody starts leaving the barn in couples, but as they open the door to leave, there's Nathan with his hockey stick tape and flares.
1: Yeah, uh, that's there's Nathan. He's kind of like Ash with his chainsaw and evil death. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, he's, and then they they all pair up, and all of a sudden Nathan's last, and he sees Chris take Audrey's hand and walk through the vines, and he just the look on his face is like. What the fuck? This sucks. Yeah. He's very crestfallen is the term I like to use.
0: Yeah. Vince explains the trouble that it's the families that there was a pair of twins that, you know, whenever they'd fight the roots and they got split up, you know, and then one married into the Keegan family, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and they're like, hey, hey, you need to get with Audrey. And he's thinking about calling her. Meanwhile, Duke and Evie have a conversation uh, where Duke's like, I got to stay. My dad wanted me to stay in case the troubles came back. So now I'm here. I can't leave Haven with you to go to Mexico and settle down. She gives a mysterious call being like, uh, he doesn't know his dad didn't tell him everything or something like that. Right.
1: Right. And the voice on the other se- other end says, well, we got we to gotta keep pushing him, basically.
0: Right. And then uh, Audrey and Chris have their date finally in the attic of her, you know, above the gray goal where she's living now uh you know he's like you're awesome it's not just that you're immune to my stuff i really like you and they hook up and nathan tries to call her finally but it's too late
1: It he couldn't prevent it but though uh chris did bring her flowers so he you know and uh she says yeah let me put these in some water opens the door and throws them in the ocean i thought that was pretty cool
0: was there litter was there plastic around those flowers though
1: i think there was and uh, god yes. damn it audrey that's gonna end up uh killing a dolphin
0: somewhere, but or uh. <laughs> end up in a yeah, well, maybe the plastic will wrap around Captain Richard's drawing that's underwater and protect it, you know,
1: and then he'll wash ashore yeah exactly dry up, and this time
0: he's back with a vengeance. <laughs> every story leads back to captain Richards um there is episode five roots, so let's talk about our ratings. What do you, what do you, oh, well, you know what? I usually ask you, I'm gonna go first. I'm yeah, gonna start why, don't, why don't you go, go first? Uh, turn things on their head a bit here, you know, like crazy t- mix em
1: ups, you know? Yeah, it's so, like
0: when you part your hair the other, you know, the other way just to see if people notice, right? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I haven't well, done you that don't have that, in that 20 years. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I give it a six out of 10. It was okay. It was okay. There was some nothing terribly bugged me about this episode, but nothing really did it for me either. It was just kind of, it was just. You know what? I'll even I, I actually would drop it to a five. It was I have just complete neutral feelings on it. I don't dislike it. I don't like it. It just exists. It was an episode. It happened. I was there. I watched it. And now I've am podcasting about it. So it exists. It takes space in the world. But there's really no I don't really have any other feelings about it any other way.
1: Oh, so you're kind of uh, ambivalent towards <laughs> it. OK, I guess. You. So,
0: you know, my my outlook on life. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's total apathy. <laughs> I can understand that. I, I can It's It's, um, I mean, it's not a great episode and it's definitely one of my favorite episodes, but I did one like of your it. favorites. I said, it's definitely not one of my favorite episodes. It sounded like
0: you missed that nod. It sounded like you said yeah. it's definitely one of my favorites right up there was yeah. Sketchy.
1: Or yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> was, that, that, that was just high quality drama right there. I mean, changed my life, but nonetheless, I did like it. And uh, you know, which, you know, is a relief because I did not like the previous two episodes, three and four. Uh, and, and no me gusta. I was not. I was not feeling those. So this is. A, so I, I did the whole Haven twist on Romeo and Juliet. You know, <laughs> and uh, you know the, the, the background of the R- trouble how it was uh, born. You know, Novelli's had twins and each got half of the trouble. Then one of the twins married into the Keegans, and now it takes Novelli and Keegan to activate the trouble. Kind of wonder twin powers activate. Yeah fucked up roots but uh and uh you know so it was an okay trouble and uh there's a huge reveal at the end with evie and uh and then we see nathan finally start to realize how he really feels about audrey so i'm it turns
0: out finding excuses to touch her hand and stuff and uh being upset being (laughs) like sneaking touches probably means you're into somebody but uh, I guess he didn't realize it. Yeah, your kiss is the first thing I felt. Yeah, you're probably going to be attracted to her, Nathan.
1: He didn't realize that not only his body but his heart couldn't feel. But now he knows he's emotionally
0: can. numb, just like he's physically numb. That's right. Uh,
1: it, it's all of the antidepressants he's taking. But nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> on the the patented Frenchometer, meter, I gave it a seven. So, like I said, it's not a great episode, but it's you know it's it's okay. You know, yeah, give me maximum overdrive over roots you've never probably seen the original roots and i haven't since i was a kid but it was powerful
0: i meant these episodes i'm not talking about but maybe maybe let's talk about chris let's talk about let's let's talk about our supporting let's talk about our supporting characters first let's dive into chris since he's kind of the newer character or the new toy to play with here you didn't like chris very much his first episode how do you feel about chris in this episode
1: yeah uh i actually liked him uh, i mean I, I don't i don't i don't think he was outstanding and, and i know jason Priestley can do better work than this but you know can he
0: yeah i think he can what's but, his best know. what's what's peak Priestley?
1: well that would be back in the beverly hills 90120 era
0: oh, but, oh no
1: i mean well that's what he's <laughs> most probably well known for i'm not saying his best
0: yeah but what's Dude. his you know have you seen him what what did you say were you like you know what call like me Fits,
1: that show call me fits i okay. thought he was freaking hilarious and call me fits and, and i thought he did a great job with it so and uh i mean because after beverly hills he pretty much you know stayed to primarily canadian television stuff it's just uh you know some of it like call me fits made its way here to us and uh i liked it I, you know he's not great but he, but he was better i mean he had some good quips you know and he dialed back the anger quite a bit you know and uh and I also like that they taunt, they they toned down the fawning. So people still fawned over him, but it wasn't as ridiculous as last, <laughs> last week's episode. And, you know, I did not hear him once be called. He's a great man,
0: you know, so. You so know, was, he was maybe missing for me for the episode, you know, he I was better in my life.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and the Newton thing was kind of clever about the, you know, every reaction has an equal opposite reaction. So hate there, it's love, you know, that was pretty yeah, that was okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think he was going to win a, like a golden globe or Emmy for, well, he didn't for it.
0: So but. <laughs> I don't think Chris Brody's doing it for me. Uh, I, so I didn't dislike his stick as much as you did in the first time, right? Where you thought it was overdone. I was like, Oh, whatever this time though, I felt very tired of the character very quickly. It just like, wasn't, it just wasn't dynamic with his, like, I don't know. He's just not a dynamic character. He's just like, Oh, no, no, I'm going to complain. And I think his weird kind of allegory statements that he makes are just like trying to make him sound smarter or funnier than he is, but aren't like the bear line is just kind of like his line when him and Audrey are looking through the forest, uh, you know, following the trail. And he brings up what his buddy says about bears. What's the line?
1: Yeah, uh, he says something about like, uh, well, when you can see the bear tracks, uh, that's the worst. Well, why is that the worst? because that means the bear can see you.
0: And eh, I still take seeing bear tracks over seeing a bear. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I guess if you have to compare between the
0: two, I mean, maybe yeah. I'm fucked or I'm definitely fucked. Yeah, I'm definitely I mean, like if I was there in person, I would have been like, yeah, I still take the tracks over seeing a fucking bear like face to face. Like you could see the tracks and it might not be around. Like this is just a dumb fucking statement uh, uh he, he didn't write the line you know Jason. No, i'm not saying not jason Priestley. damn it but i'm saying the character of chris brody uh the fuck and then the newton thing i was like come on do we need to fucking bring up isaac newton to say like hey maybe we don't need them to hate each other just to like each other we don't need to be like oh i'm a scientist so i have to say the like it was like oh this is so unnecessary holy shit like just oh. just fucking say how about they get along? You know.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm I'm a Newton fan, so I, I liked him pulling. To, but you, you you're right. It, it they do try way too hard to make it like he's so like this uber genius and. Uh, yeah, next you know.
0: episode they're gonna walk in and he's watching. I don't know, like this is the Science Channel and be like, oh, like this is an interesting documentary on carbon. You know. Yeah. Where it's like no. unnecessary. He's a scientist, so he's in a quote Isaac Newton.
1: <laughs> I'm a scientist. I observe things. That's what I do. Oh and my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah like You are making me lower my thoughts on, on, on the, the Brody character. This episode,
0: it's just yeah. kind of like, I don't know. Cliche. Like I observe things. And it's like, no, you're a reactionary fucking dickhead as well. Like I, I, I said in the last episode, uh, last podcast that I actually like the dickhead characters. Typically it's typically one of my favorite archetypes. Like, you know, Dr. Cox is one of my favorites. Right. Cause he's, you know, an asshole. Uh, Oh, from scrubs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I like, or you know, I like the smart ass kind of rude, a little antisocial characters. Uh take <laughs> take what you will from that. Uh it's just kind of like overdone. And he's like, I observe. It's like, no, you really aren't an observer. An observant character would be somebody who doesn't just react to situations like the way he does. He has he he has a preconceived notion of how people are gonna behave and act before they do so. I don't think that counts as somebody who observes as much as it is like, you know, he's set in his ways, which is a fine character, you know, profile, but I don't, I think it's just, you know, they are going for, they're trying to say he's a scientist, but his behavior doesn't, doesn't match what he's saying he's like.
1: Well, he, you know, he's observed people enough to have so you know, like just general, <laughs> yeah. uh you know, outline of what people, uh, people are.
0: And he, and he doesn't like them. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just imagine somebody who's like, like, who counts themselves as an observer, uh, and, and uh, you know, and is it wants to do analysis before he like you know jumps in or something. You know, he was very just like, Hey, I'm kind of into Audrey immediately, right? They're like hate flirting last episode, where I was like, Yeah, that's not really behavior of somebody who's uh hesitant, you know, who's like, Well, let me observe, let me gather the data, and then let me. And then let me, you know, act upon it. That's not really how you know, he also went for an axe. He was like, there's these roots growing over. And it's like, who knows what might happen if I attack these? But he's like, you know what? I'm going to start fucking chopping. Uh, and yeah. this is the super blunt little hatchet. Is yeah, going to do uh, anything for starters. I, I'm going to
1: start chopping these fucking uh, roots with this hatchet when there's way more roots than I could possibly ever fucking hack. So and that's obviously going to piss them off. Yeah. You know. And
0: they could clearly kill us. As we've seen, they ripped a dude's leg or I may, maybe like applied somewhat, you know, wrapped around constrictor style and like fucking snapped his leg off or something and then dragged away the employee, the wait, wedding employee. So I'd be like, yeah, Chris, maybe not good. You probably don't have good observational skills if you think getting that little blunt hatchet that looks 100 years old is going to do shit against these things. How
1: is the non-scientist Nathan, the only one who figures out fire, (laughs) will work against the wooden
0: roots? (laughs) It's that blue collar, you know, like problem solving skills that Jack always had in uh, Eureka, right?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, cuz sometimes the eggheads, you know, are just thinking, you know, way too complex, you know. You know, even though they
0: taught him about Occam's razor. <laughs> so, uh speaking of fellow sci-fi channel original shows, this episode aired only 10 days after Warehouse 13 did a wedding themed episode. So, take that from take what you will from that. Probably nothing, but this is the second time we've had a coincidental the Helena ball and chain episode. I want to say that was episode five of season one as well. There, we got a conspiracy uh, uh, also, also, also directed by Tim S- Southman. Yeah. Southern. Yeah. Southern. Southern. Is it Southern or Southern? Whatever. I don't know. Uh, Do you want to talk about Tim? He's got an interesting, a couple of interesting things on his IMDb. I don't think we discussed last yeah.
1: time. No. So an interesting with, uh, with, with Tim is, uh, you know, first, uh, two previous episodes were uh
0: butterfly and ball and chain which were uh not very i liked ball and chain right i think mm-hmm. I, I thought it was all right i gave it like a six or seven well, butterfly uh, is my least favorite by far it, it's just yeah well it's because it had jill campbell
1: and jill campbell yeah. really you know makes it and and the I, eleanor I, tennis scene come right. on oh god yes and uh but you know beyond that and you're not a terribly big fan of this episode. So, uh, you know, it's just funny. Oof, yeah. so, so so then I start thinking, well, maybe he's not the greatest director. But then he just did an episode of uh, the new season of American Gods. He's done uh, a couple Lock and Keys. He did one Animal Kingdom. And of course he did the dead zone you know did a dead zone episode
0: with them okay so lock and key I was going to bring up but i was also going to bring up nosferatu nos oh so, I, sk- I skipped nosferatu yeah. yeah he's done two joe hill shows now sure yeah. shows based off of joe hill properties i should say
1: right and you know two shows based off of stephen king Property. Yeah. so uh you know and he, he's actually won a decent amount of awards you know even we, a couple in america not just all canadians so we
0: need to get some owen shows approved so he can direct two episodes of owen shows as well
1: oh if they do one they'll do sleeping something off of sleeping beauties with uh, owen that owen and Stephen wrote together and uh and I'm, I'm just gonna come out clean i i own it but i have not
0: read it it's yeah I am. Damn! 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 All that time in 2020, you had to read. Uh, but I know what books you have read lately, like *Colorado Kid* and *Joyland*, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> and for uh, folks who are willing, who want to learn more about, you know, *The Colorado Kid* and *Joyland*, or maybe even an unofficial soundtrack to *Haven*, you might want to
0: join our <laughs> okay, Patreon. Okay, that that one didn't fit. I don't know. You can't squeeze that one in.
1: <laughs> I think it works.
0: Ah. Uh, uh uh well like you mentioned earlier it was written by Jim Dunn just to kind of get our credits you know lined up just make sure we got no commentary as has been a big trend on season 2 so far well we've got what was it just with the one commentary one. season 1 that's yeah. uh, i think mean, episode, episode one, 1 excuse me yeah. that's it we don't get one till next week and that's episode 6 and, and we and, get we
1: have two but we have two yeah but uh but
0: yeah. it would have been nice to get some commentaries in this stretch so uh but
1: what do you think about the Teague's fascination with Nate, Nathan dating Audrey? Here we go. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, it's here in my notes that you know I got another. <laughs> we got another Dave creeping on Audrey yes, uh, yes. scene to add to the bank. You know.
1: Yeah, but I mean, how creepy was that?
0: She's, She's a lovely a, yeah. young yeah. lady. Yeah, what the way the Dave hell? does it is just really scare menacing. Like Vince does it, and you're like. And I don't like that. But the way Dave does it, you're like, I really don't like that. Stop. Yeah,
1: Vince is kind of innocent and doofy. And, uh, you know, but uh, not
0: uh, when there's. Yeah, yeah. And Vince. Not Dave. Vince's I don't mind. Uh, Dave, I definitely do not like when Dave does it.
1: I'm like, is it the actor? Is is it? Is a director telling him, "Hey, no, no, not, that that's not pervy enough. You you need to <laughs> yeah,
0: amp it up, amp it up, amp it up, yo." do look like you're gonna break into her house and steal her like undergarments in the night, Dave. Come on,
1: like. Yeah. And then it escalates from there. But none. But do- well, then again, he, you know, he does run a ring of prostitutes, so yeah. Uh, you know,
0: Yeah, yeah. You know. We'll see how he does on. Uh, uh, her next season of uh, Haven Survivor if he tries to align with Audrey again. He was so loyal to her.
1: Yeah. Hey, speaking of the on the last episode, when uh, Duke said he would uh, help Nathan uh, find two ladies to help him process and he'd pay for it. Was he going to Dave for those
0: ladies, you think? Probably. That's probably the hookup, you know. It makes sense. It really, uh, really does. Yeah, I was very like it was so aggressive. So uh, sometimes I feel like Duke is tacked on. I feel like they don't always have a good placement for Duke in episodes. And they're like, well, let's just kind of squeeze Duke in there and, you know, maybe it'll fit. And this time, you know, they did the opposite where the Duke got more centralized and he's actually there. And then uh, Nathan is this weird, like, well, we need some scenes for Nathan. So how about Dave and Vince telling him, like, oh, you really got to get Audrey, Nathan. Where I'd be like, yeah, this is so weird. Please. Mm-hmm. Not in a, like, oh, please stop. It's like, hey, stop. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: yeah. She's on a date with Chris. She's on a date with Chris. Uh,
0: not to mention that they're coworkers. And now I think well, technically Nathan's her superior. So Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know don't wait too long for audrey hey, wait, 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 she doesn't have a fucking choice in this yeah, yeah. i know <laughs> nathan's just gonna go old school caveman boink her over the head and say hey you're mine fuck chris
0: yeah it's a very like you know we come back to that question of how is the show aged 10 years later uh as of the recording of this in 2021 and yeah that's kind of an element that definitely where it's still got older elements of tv shows where you know they take the agency out of one of the pairings. Like, you know, they take away agency from one member of the pairing, right? Whereas if it's a female central uh, focus show, you know, you know, a guy, but, but it's more on the men, right? Where the men, it's like shows like this, where like the guy gets to choose like, well, I'm in love with her. So now, you know, we, I got to, you know, get her to get with me and, you know. She has no choice. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, where it's like, well, Audrey clearly is uh with another guy, Nathan, yeah. didn't matter. Like, Nathan's like, but I called dibs. But speaking about things that don't age, <laughs>
1: sorry, so speaking about things that don't age well, you know, maybe. What do you think about Evie's uh, movie screen comment Yeah, uh, when they were upstairs and oh, he opens yeah. the door at the Roots and she's like, that's why we yell at movie screens. I mean,
0: I took it as like, a we. I, I guess I didn't really even think about it, but yeah, probably not a great look on Haven. I I yeah. didn't really catch it. I was just thought she was like, yeah, yeah. Like us as like human beings, but you know, now that I think I'm like, you're right. It plays into the stereotype. It played sure. into
1: the stereotype. Right.
0: And uh, so, yeah, yeah, not, not a good look. Uh, Haven, Jim, Jim, got to get more <laughs> PC, Jim. Come on. Hey, mother
1: Abigail subservient to a uh, to Beauty, and not <laughs> subservient's the wrong word, but yeah, just kidding.
0: But yeah, I was curious. I was
1: curious what you what you thought about that.
0: Well, yeah, well, good catch. I didn't catch it, but yeah, not 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 a great, not a not a not a good look, Jim. In an episode called Roots, too. Uh, yes, on top of it. Yes. Good oh, lord.
1: Poor, poor Alex Haley. Uh, oh, <laughs> you know, one thing I thought was kind of interesting was you know, based on Beverly and Dom's age. So if this, you know, this fight happened, that had to be the troubles before the Lucy Ripley era. It couldn't have been, yeah. That wouldn't have yeah. been in the eighties.
0: Uh, you know. So we're talking so. talking the the real OGs, the original maybe not the original trouble, because <laughs> we don't know how old because we know it goes back hundreds of years, but there's some uh I'm imagining them like in this James Dean esque era, you know, like they were Doing some like you know car race like American graffiti car races, and that's when like you know went to fight oh, a- brother.
1: <laughs> Dom, Dom's got his hair slicked back. Yeah.
0: He's got the leather yeah. jacket,
1: white T shirt, the cigarettes rolled yeah, up in exactly. the sleeve, and he's like, uh yeah, he, he's a baller. He's ready to kick some ass, but he was there to actually elope. So and, and the, he was just and there, there to
0: him. fuck their sister, you know, not fight them, you know. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, uh yeah. I thought it was kind of ridiculous. Where I was like, really. And I, and shit like this happens in real life for sure. But I was like, you guys didn't even fucking talk about this. Cause then my question then came to like Dom where he's like, it's the Keegan family. Wait, wait, is he Keegan's? No, 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 no. He's no, he's Novelli. No yeah, Dom's right. Novelli. He's like, well, also he's going to marry. They're going to marry into their own family, by the way, uh, since the twins, uh- <laughs> but, but anyway, uh- Yeah,
1: uh, Vince and Dave know that. They just haven't managed to share that with the current uh,
0: Novellis and uh, Keegans. Classic Vince and Dave not telling this family they well, you maybe maybe don't marry into your own family. You might get a kid with a tail or a third eye, but... uh... It's a small town. It's a small town. Uh, But yeah, Dom is like, okay, you know, we went to fight, right? And the tree then killed your brother uh, and almost fucking killed me. And then his natural assumption was to blame them where he's like, yeah you guys like did the tree that killed yourself. Like I was like, well, do you really think that's like, makes sense that his own, I, I, I mean, we've seen examples of troubles hurting the people who have the trouble, but like, if he was like mad at you and getting angry at you and like violent, you think he like was like, yeah, I'm so mad. I'm going to make this tree kill myself. Like kill me. Like, hell yeah. Like that. I just think that's like a kind of bizarre thought, a, a bizarre conclusion for Dom to come to. That the yeah, Keegan's well, control the plants and then killed themselves with it.
1: Yeah, but then, you know, why wouldn't he be at some point? If you love this lady, this, you love this girl in high school because she was in high school, you are going to.
0: Maybe he realized he's like, eh, this is pretty dumb, actually. Because, uh, yeah, he's an adult, like, ah, that's statutory rape. Well, uh. oh, I thought they were both in high school. Or I thought they were oh, both well, like. Seniors. They, they didn't
1: say Dom was in high school. I don't think, but uh I'm assuming he was. like I'm assuming he was. Like, yeah. I was assuming he was. Yeah. yeah I don't think so, he was
0: like thirty, yeah. and she was, you know, seventeen. Yeah. I'm not going
1: to talk too much smack. I got married at nineteen. I mean, <laughs> so I'm, you know, I could see it. But
0: yeah. uh But you think he would have tried to talk to the, to the woman Beverly. he loves, the woman he's uh, gonna marry, that he's like, and he's hey, gonna elope with? Yeah. Your brother tried to kill me. Uh, what's up? Well, you know? <laughs> what's that about? You know. But uh, no. Yeah,
1: it's the damn troubled uh, Keegan's. Yeah, that's right.
0: yeah, it's just kind of a bizarre. Where I was like, OK, and you guys love was so strong at 18 that like this. Now they were like, oh, I'm still in love with you. I'm like, it's been 50 oh, yeah. years or whatever. 50
1: years and just snap the fingers and oh, we're in love again.
0: Let's hug and maybe it's just an effect Chris had on them, you know? Yeah, maybe, you know, uh, they're like, I those- love you because he's such a great guy. And then as soon as Chris leaves and they're like, wait a minute, you're still, uh, (laughs) and then the roots kill them. Let's talk about Audrey's decor in her room. I just had one weird observation. I don't know what you thought. I don't know if you spotted it. It's pretty obscure, but on the wall behind where the table, where like the wine was and everything, there's a picture, like a framed picture on the wall of a staircase. And that's all it is, is it's like, it's looking up a staircase at a slightly ajar door and that's it. And it's like, what the fuck's this picture? And why is it framed? And on the wall, I know what it is. It's really Art Direction got, you know, some fucking generic picture to put up there because, they you know, you can't like, you can't use real paintings and stuff and real photography because that's people, you know, people own that and shit, right? So right, you got to yeah, use the get... stock free to use shit. So I'm like, okay, your art department got kind of lazy. There's literally a picture of a fucking stairwell. Unless this is going to come back and I'm going to look like a complete idiot. And it's to be like, that was the biggest clue of the show, you moron. That's the entrance to the barn or whatever. Like,
1: <laughs> but she's a big Zeppelin fan. So, you know, she likes <laughs> stairway to, to heaven, heaven. So that's, you know, I, and I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't notice it. I really
0: didn't. I look- mean, it's a stupid detail. I don't know. I don't know why I was even looking at it. I was looking between them and noticed this. Like, I was like, what's up with that picture? Who would have that?
1: I was watching the scene and like, uh, how in the hell is she finding him sexy during this? And uh, like, uh, hey, let's mate because uh, he just he just doesn't del- man. You, I think I have to lower my grade on the differential meter. I mean, yeah, after-
0: one of, I just don't think they have good chemistry. You know, she has good chemistry with Lucas Bryan and Eric Balfour. You know, like. But, yeah,
1: speaking of which, uh, Evie didn't uh, did not like uh, Duke jumping to save uh, Audrey, and then the way he looked at her, she was like, "Whoa!" Ho, ho, ho.
0: I mean, Evie had the same face, but mine is more of like the stunt. Right? It was the the actual diving and knocking her out of the way, and the special effects of the roots was kind of. Eh. But real quick, back to back to Chris. I agree. I don't. I their chemistry just looks it just doesn't feel right. You know, like it, no, just, that's it just, it just, I just don't buy it. Like I just not organic in any yeah.
1: way. I mean, and maybe that's because the way they, they tried to set up the relationship in the last episode
0: with, uh, you know,
1: <laughs> you're an idiot. You're an ass. Oh no, I love you.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It just reminds me of like Natalie Portman and Thor where like, she has to kiss Thor, you know, Chris Hemsworth. And it looks like she's going to like fucking wretch or something. She's like, you know, going in for the kiss. And you're like, Oh my God, this is so bad. Like, I, Literally, I,
1: I, the I, only—well, not only a, a certain uh, subset of women would not want to kiss Chris Hemsworth, but that's because of the, their preference. But uh, I would think the great majority would want to kiss Chris Hemsworth. When, well, you know, I, 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 and I think also, <laughs> unless he had tuna like tuna salad
0: for lunch <laughs> or something, egg salad. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what he <laughs> ate, but. <laughs> just that i i think in some performances i see natalie portman she doesn't always portman doesn't always knock out the like romantic aspect when it comes to like that kind of physical chemistry stuff like i and this is no this is no fault really of her own but it's clearly not there in star wars uh it's not there in thor and there's a third movie off the top of my head i can think of where i've it noticed it closer or uh... I guess it's present in V for Vendetta, but it's a little different. But I prefer stuff like the professional V for Vendetta Black Swan.
1: Well, OK, uh, you know, just, just to be fair, would uh, you, would you think if you were, you know, <laughs> would, would you be able to fall in love with uh, Anakin Skywalker, you know, with the way they have wrote him? I mean, the dialogue. I'm mad about everything and I'm going to be a. It's not about it. Me, me. I mean, yeah. In
0: his defense, like I, I've said, I maybe not in the pod before, but like I've said before, that if you give Hayden Christensen a good script and a good director, he can give you good results. But if you don't give him both, because some actors, you know, some actors can pull up a piece of shit script. Uh, and you're like, wow, like you know, uh, fucking like Nick Cage. It, are you re- referencing Nick Cage? <clears throat> that's a little different. He makes it interesting, <laughs> not good. Like sometimes he makes it very good, but at a minimum, he at least makes things uh, in- interesting. And you're like, what the fuck? Vampire's no, I'm, Kiss. I'm thinking more like you and McGregor, right? In Star yeah. Wars, it seems passable, even though you're like, what are these fucking lines? Like, hello there and shit like that. And like he's dropping just fucking one liners all the time. But you know, you and McGregor. He has to say such stupid shit and such dumb fucking things, but he, you know, makes it seem passable. Or uh, Christoph Waltz in uh, In Glorious Bastards? No, no. Inspector. Inspector, it's fucking horrible. It's awful. I hate that movie. But, like, with him, I almost want to like his performance because he's able to, like, you know, he can just fucking pull off just piles of complete crap like Spectre and make it seem kind of, like, intr- you're like, Oh, I'm a little intrigued in this, even though what you're saying is completely preposterous, ridiculous, terribly written. Uh, Hayden Christensen is not one of those types. He needs strong reinforcement, but it's possible. Maybe Chris is our Anakin Skywalker destined for greatness, charismatic beyond all. We're supposed to believe he's charismatic uh, (laughs) and yet yet is not. So you're saying it it actually does
1: take a trouble for people to have to like him, except for Audrey for some reason.
0: Yeah, I I don't know what her explanation is. Uh maybe she just does not like Nathan's sideburns that much. She's like, Jesus Christ, you look at his beard, look at, you know, may- maybe he, Chris, he, is, a short, a- <laughs> Chris is a little short. Chris is a little short, but he's got a good beard, you know.
1: Yes, it is a good beer. A good beer. But speaking of uh, speaking of Audrey on this one, dude, she kind of busts Peter out in that last scene in the barn. She's like uh, when she tells Beverly, oh, your brother lied to you for the same reason Peter's marrying uh, Moira, uh, your land and money. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I mean, he most likely is because, you know, he's playing it kind of, you know, a little bit slimy and weaselly
0: yeah. and that but if you don't know that for sure, man, you probably shouldn't be saying that, you know. When they walk out holding hands together, so you're kinda like, I feel like they like each other. There's just so much like uh hostility. Or at least Moira likes uh Peter. I don't know if he likes her, but I don't know, yeah. yeah it's a, I mean, it a little a little daring. Audrey's a little you know, I think Chris is a bad influence on Audrey. Not liking this Audrey with Chris thing. Chris gotta go. We gotta get rid of Chris now.
1: Yeah, we all have to see how long his stint lasts because, you know, with like, uh, you know, the romantic and other side characters, they don't seem to have very long, long stays.
0: Most of them, most of them get as many episodes as the doctors get seasons in Doctor Who, which is three it seems to be the magic number where it's like, yeah, we'll give you three episodes and then get the fuck out it. and we'll give you the boot. Cool. But let's let's talk about uh, let's let's to kind of stay on, uh, you know, we'll talk about Evie and the Duke scene at the end here okay so yeah it seems like evie's getting uh she's getting six episodes because we got to kind of unless they're gonna unceremoniously disappear her next episode so we got to resolve this plot so first of all who do you think she was talking to on the phone i like to imagine it's the guy from the men's warehouse commercials you know <laughs> he's, he's all, like he was the always way you look he's I always mysterious he's always mysteriously talking to someone where it's like, who are you talking are you talking who's he talking to so I like to imagine this is who you know. Well, he's a big Shakespeare fan, so he's like goes through his day performing soliloquies wherever he's at. You know, you know so, he got ousted by the company, right? Like a while. It's been a while, but he was that was the CEO, and they fucking kicked him out of the company. They, they, they. they Papa John got knocked out of Papa John's. So I don't to, know if the mental Warehouse guy said anything that Papa John said, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll,
1: <laughs> once again, I'm not condoning either of their behavior, but you know that's uh that's one of the things of really so. Uh, you, you don't have a specific Haven character you think
0: it is? I don't know. what Howard, maybe? Oh,
1: dude, it's the Rev.
0: It you think it's, like the you rev. think it's the Rev? You think I she's think working for the, the rev. rev? I don't remember, So, but I just can't imagine Evie and the Rev being on the same, like, where she's like, hell yeah, I'm working with the Rev. I don't know. I just can't imagine it. Well, if you... Or do you remember? Or do you remember I, I, from last time? I don't. It, if
1: I do it subconscious, and I do remember something about Duke in the future, and I don't think it's very far into the future, that it makes sense. But I don't. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't. And I know we don't get that the next episode because I cheated and watched ahead. And I, I really, the next one's really good, guys. So you know, bear with us <laughs> through this one. Next one is, I think, I think it's really good. Not watch. You're going to say it sucks, but. But the bottom line is, regardless, when uh, we'll see if I, if it's the guy from Men's Warehouse or I'm right and it's the ref. We will. <laughs> I'm see. pretty
0: sure it's the guy from Men's Warehouse,
1: the CEO, <laughs> Duke.
0: You're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee it. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so. I mean, who do you think picks out his outfits? You know, he's going for a new line. He's like, I'm going for kind of grungy sailor look. So we're gonna test it out. Have an heavy, you know, f- pick his outfits for him. And then we're, I'm going to, you know, the plan is to then bring it over to men's warehouse. Bottom line though,
1: we know she's a mole, right? Yeah. You know, so how long has she been a mole? Was it just now, you know, no, did uh, the entire time did the rev, did the rev, just hire, hire her and bring her back. And you know, like, she has no morals. So if she's like, rev. Yeah, she's like, ah, eh, who cares what we had with us before? I'm, I'm getting a payday from the Rev, or was she a mole even back in the old days with him? Well, how much can the Rev pay her?
0: Was he got a secret fortune? She's well, like, he yeah, saw you that guys have no minivan. Idea. Yeah, I mean, a the donations like I rake in. He's like, uh, who's the biggest? Who's the guy? Who's the mega church guy? Yeah, That's he's probably guy. as rich as Joel Austin. You know. So you think she's been a mole the whole time, huh? Yeah, yeah. Come on, she's she's in for the long con, but. I could see it being, you know, after he disappointed her where she was like, I thought we were in this together. You know, I could see it coming in then, you know, that's a, that's the, that's the break point where I could see she gets pissed off and then someone's like, Hey, and she's about to leave. And someone's like, Hey, how about you spy on Duke for me? And she's like, cool. I'm in pay
1: because with Evie, it would be about what, what would pay because she sure seems like hell bent on selling that, that box, man. But then again, uh, once again i I can't I, there's stuff I know down the road you know so I probably should not you know like I, I said this in an earlier episode that's probably I should probably stop pulling that thread <laughs> I don't you know <laughs> so that we stay kind of in sequence here
0: so let's talk about something Duke was saying to Evie there at the end on the Cape Rouge was uh after they did their shots and uh yeah 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 post shots uh cl- clarity you know <laughs> he was talking about you know why he wants to stay right and his dad his old my old man made him you know said he's got to stay if the troubles come back right
1: right yeah his deathbed uh promise was he, if the troubles return you got to come back but then he didn't tell him why
0: of course of course as the older folk in Haven are want to do say nothing and let families marry each other they let inc- <laughs> incest happen I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so I had a interesting question here. So based off of the statement, Duke, you know, was like, his dad was like, Hey, you need to stay, you need to come back to Haven if the troubles return. Right. That's kind of right. what we've gathered from this. So let's go, let's go all the way back in time to our first episode of Haven. There's Duke, you know, in Haven. So we would presume that he was gone and that he came back to Haven because he found out the troubles were returning uh sure you know, he,
1: he had to cape rouge park next to uh connor mcleod in uh, yeah. you know on the Seine in uh, paris yeah, in, in,
0: in paris exactly so he comes back to haven because he gets word that the troubles are coming back right like because otherwise why would he come back right that's the only reason he's staying is for the troubles right yeah uh, nathan sent him a postcard yeah Duke, thinking troubles of you back xoxo uh <laughs> so then the question is in the Was it the third episode? The third episode, Harmony, he demands that Audrey and Nathan take him along with them because he wants to see, you know, what's going on. And if If the troubles are back. Yeah. Right. So then why did he come back to Haven if he wasn't sure that the troubles were back? Right. He returned. He, He tells her now he came back because the troubles returned. But in the first three episodes, he was there. And then in the third episode when he finds out that the troubles have indeed returned. So it's one of two things. One of two things. He could be li- he could have been playing them and he could have been lying. Although I think it's kind of bullshit because they didn't show anything to the audience to hint that, which means that it tells me that they're not aware of that, that the writers weren't. Or number two is that the writers were incorrect or figured this out a little later or it, it got snipped in the episode roulette that we were playing at the time. So you're basically saying there's yeah, seven seasons. of lore is bullshit. <laughs> okay. I'm going to press the bullshit button. Found you. You didn't know. Duke didn't know you fucked up. I, f- I found it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. He, he came back to Haven, but then said he only came back for the troubles, but then found out that the troubles were there after. That's why it's so dangerous playing with, Motivations you're trying to attribute to why stuff happened at the beginning of a show when you don't know everything later on, right? Like, you know. But hey, we did talk about Jill Campbell. We mentioned Arrow again,
1: so I I, I think we're checking all the boxes. That was before recording. That was before recording. We didn't. Mention oh, Arrow. we didn't. Uh, we we didn't mention that. That was uh, because our young couple, a uh, one, uh, Moira used to be Saturn Girl on uh, Smallville. And then Peter went on to become uh, what is he called? Ragman, who Ragman. sounds like a really cool character.
0: Yeah, is the the premier Jewish DC superhero for a long time. I'm sure there's. I think Batwoman is Jewish. I think. Well, so what do you think? Do you what did you what was your take on the Duke? The Duke, Duke's explanation for why he came back to Haven, overlapping with, you know. Uh, him finding out the troubles exist. Like we're back. Do you think this was a mistake or do you think uh, there's an in-universe explanation? Do you think it was conning Audrey and Nathan? No,
1: you know, so, uh, I mean, I really didn't catch that. I do remember the third episode when you bring it up and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what he says in Harmony. You know, I want to see if the troubles are back, you know, and, uh, you know, and you could say, well, maybe he came back for some other reason and he wants to verify so that he can leave. If they're, if they're not back, he can get you get to hell Fair out enough. of Dodge. Yeah, that's I true. Mean, I don't. But, i don't think that's it though no to just just the way this is written this looks like this was new this i yeah, mean that's you know, i and guess maybe it wasn't you know maybe it wasn't you know they thought it up between season one and two but it doesn't it doesn't look like to me this existed before season one and but yeah. you know i mean maybe i'm wrong
0: but i you know and that's okay. It's okay to come up with like, you come up with new cool ideas as you're going. Like for sure. I like when I write, I outline, but then new things come I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I got to add this, you know? And like, it's good. There's remain fluid. I just have to, and I'm like, in. i mean, it's in jest. I'm not actually like, m- you know, mad at them or anything. I just always have found the seven seasons planned out uh, comment to be, uh comical so
1: yeah. I, I was gonna say you thought amusing. it was questionable
0: but you went straight to comical is <laughs> okay. yeah. a bit strong i would say amusing 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 and questionable uh well like i said before i think bro- I, for sure i think they have the broad strokes i do not question that they have the broad strokes figured out it's these kind of details that i think they are you know are still fluid and that's fine so not a big moment but that was kind of maybe a bit of vindication where i was I told you I was like, I just have the feeling they don't have it figured, they don't have all these details figured out that they say they do, even though I don't have proof yet. And here's the proof in the pudding. Yeah. No, I sorry uh, in the jello shot.
1: In the well, in the jello shot that uh, uh Duke and Abby had on uh, in the Cape Rouge. And uh <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: you know, but some positive things since we've been kind of on this like big negative arc is that you know, you're right. Nathan is not in this episode a lot, yeah. but I think he's very good in the episode. You know, I tip my hat to, uh, you know, he, he has a Bryant. lot to,
0: he has a, he has very little to work with and maximizes what he can do with what he's given. Right. right. Like he does a lot of physic. he does a lot of like acting with just as like, I know it sounds dumb saying like in words, but like, he does a lot of just acting with just his face, not like his lines. expressions. Yeah, right. Exactly. So.
1: So like when uh like so like in the beginning at the office at in his office at H P D and you know fricking Dave and Vince you know like sweating them about Audrey and he's like no no she's too busy today but then he shows it on his face that he's the like, doubt creeps less. in by yeah. <laughs> by the end you know and then uh geez when he's uh you know you know and and I, and I really enjoy like when Dave calls him over the radio. Baby bear, <laughs> you know, baby oh bear. God. Yeah. I, I just thought it was funny being that, you know, chief Warnos was, you know, to them was, you know, big bear, you know, so Nathan's always been baby bear, but now he's you know, obviously, but uh, I, I thought that was funny. But then in like the van when they're in the van and, you know, Nathan's going through their stuff and he's like, man, I can't do any shit with this. And then they keep <laughs> nagging him. Well, oh, Chris is Chris and Audrey are there on a date. They couldn't get out. You know, we would have seen them. You know, they're there on a date. You're, you know, basically you're blowing it with Audrey. Then he's like, fuck it. Give me this fucking hockey
0: stick and this torch. I'm going to get her. You know, I wish he and, would have taken the chowder too. gotten into the barn and been like, all right, I'm out of flares, but I got this you know, dinner. Like, <laughs> I figured you guys are hungry.
1: Don't die on an empty stomach. And uh, but nonetheless, and then you know, kind of like that, that that last scene in the office where he he basically shoes the uh, the uh, the brothers out because he knows they want to sit there and just keep grilling him over Audrey which is unhealthy. And uh, I'm not sure what the hell their deal is. As we discussed earlier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll talk more later. Yeah.
1: But then, uh, <laughs> you know, the way he kind of looks longingly looks at the, the Colorado kid picture and then he picks up his phone and then he sets it down, you know, and that, I mean,
0: who hasn't, who hasn't done that? You know, it, I mean, I can comfortably say I've never longed for a picture of anyone from a crime scene photo. Well, okay, all right. I, I I
1: see what you're doing there, but my whole point was actually uh, sincere and genuine. Was that uh, you know it's very you know common you know not knowing when you know you should pull the trigger when there's someone yeah. you like and, and that thing. So I know I've done that before, where I've sat there with the
0: phone ready to go and like, uh eh, nope, nope, no, nope, it's not the right time. Yeah, I, and the added kind of pressure of like this is a coworker, and once again, he's. The superior. So it's also like
1: his subordinate. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot
0: of like, oh uh, like yeah. feelings of so. that have like is this is a you know, especially in 2021, I'd be like, is this appropriate? Because yeah. if you're Josh Whedon, you don't care, but. but well, they would have to just fill
1: out a form, you know, acknowledging yeah. their their relationship, but it doesn't matter. They not gonna happen because you know, you know, uh Chris, you know, the the lovable uh, scientist and mayor's son
0: has <laughs> you know, swept
1: her off her feet and has moved
0: in on him. You know what I was surprised about with this episode was I was waiting for it. I was like, I wonder if it'll happen was if Duke being trapped in this situation would drive him crazy like he did on the island. I was like, are we getting another dose of like axe wielding Duke who's gonna fucking be a raving lunatic? but we did not I was, no I was disappointed. Evie's changed him, you know, Evie's Evie's tamed this wild stallion
1: Well, and it's just been what was that, like episode 8 in season 1, so we got something like that, wasn't it? Something like uh, that Was it the hand you're dealt? uh... Something like that. (laughs) Yeah, so you know, maybe he's grown over this time, you know him and Nathan have been able to you know, repair, you know, part of their relationship and you know, so maybe maybe he's grown He's antiquing now, you know so, yeah
0: he's you know yeah, exactly he's listening to npr
1: and you know <laughs>
0: drinking wine his, you know drinking wine antiquing listening to npr he's like yeah. shopping at men's warehouse <laughs> yeah.
1: i'm just waiting to see him to show up with like the the sweater around the neck
0: i mean yeah. you know, so uh, yeah and some sperry's and you know audrey's like what's what's so, the fuck's going on
1: uh or- hors d'oeuvres for him and evie on the cape rouge you know, and uh, yeah, i was kind
0: of i was ready for some cabin fever duke uh but just didn't it wasn't in the cards this time maybe maybe next time
1: but you know you know what That that is that is a fair point i didn't even really think of that
0: in, I, I, I don't think of it as a negative because i don't think it actually would have been appropriate to the situation i actually liked duke's role kind of in there when audrey asked him like hey can you help out and he's like yeah sure it was like rational whereas like Uh, well, he played also a fine role on the Island, right? Because you had Nathan being helpful. Right. And, you know, he was the dynamic of like the wild card of like, Oh fuck, this guy's out of control here. Here. I thought it was nice having him be more solid. Right. And it plays into what Evie, you know, is trying to talk to him about and shit and like the way he is changing. Uh, and you know, he gets to dive in and save her. So, you know, and you had these other, you know, I think Chris more filled that wild card cabin fever role of like i'm gonna get the hatch in cut my way out of here it'd have been weird if like mm-hmm. he's on that, one end cause... of the bar and doing that and duke's on the other end like with an axe like mm-hmm. we're chopping our way out of here <laughs> this is a this is a scientific way to get out of here with this axe And they all take their shirts off and start axing the you start apart. you start axing yeah and you know they, they they oil them up so right before we go to our final segment i said one last question for you which was at the very beginning do you think that kick Peter gave really sent the soccer ball that far, that high. Did that look real?
1: <laughs> that did not. No. It kind of I... gives
0: it like the side, you know, like a dribble kick, you know, a kick that, you know, just to like dribble the ball. Like, you know, when you're moving in soccer, like forward and the ball goes fucking soaring. I was like, well, no. <laughs> like Yeah. You know, if he if he could do that, he would
1: be on the world, you know, the U.S. national team. You know, (laughs) he he doesn't need the World Cup.
0: He doesn't need the land from the Keegans. If he can if he has power like that, where like a casual kicks and the ball. for 50 yards,
1: he'd probably be kicking in the NFL. I mean, he can kick a soccer ball like that. He could probably kick a football. And uh,
0: yeah, the side of his foot, it flew like that. I was like, "Mm, I don't think so, buddy. No, that
1: was, uh, you know, I didn't even think of that. And I should have, because yeah, that was, that was ridiculous. Now that I, I look back on it.
0: <laughs> oh, because he kicked and I was like, okay, it's going to go rolling into the forest and the next shot it's like in midair. I was like, okay. <laughs> what the fuck?
1: It's kind of, it's kind of like those scenes where you see someone like for, like from half court, like one hand <laughs> throw the ball towards the basketball hoop. But then, you know, you lose the camera, you lose sight of the ball completely from the camera and then it just shows it going through the the basket. I mean, come on. Yeah We all know that's complete bullshit.
0: I mean, they didn't was- fake anything in Air Bud. No, I'm just kidding. Uh- <laughs> no, that was all real. They yeah. even had a stunt dog for uh, Air
1: Bud. For, yeah, for Mr. Bud. <laughs> yeah, it was in his contract, man. No
0: risky stunts. <laughs> All right. Like every episode, we like to end with a special segment. But since we're turning everything topsy-turvy by me giving my score first, I'm going to let my co-host present the special segment this time. I finally use my fatherly veto power. and (laughs) said, I am choosing.
1: I am choosing the special segment. Damn it. You know, I'm not in the nursing home yet and you don't the power of attorney isn't assigned. But nonetheless, so one thing I thought would be really interesting for this, and uh, Alex uh, at least uh, pretended to agree with
0: me. <laughs> you know. Yeah, just nod and smile. That's what you taught me to do in school. Placa- placate,
1: placate <laughs> your teachers, like I told you. Now, placate. Now you're placating your father. Okay, so here's, here's one of the things. You know, I, I was throwing out some other ideas, like, oh, let's do the famous family. You know. Clashes like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Nah, no, let's do wedding movies. Now nah, we do movies all the time. But so this was it turns out the Novellis and the Keegans. It was a family feud between them. So why not rank one of the the hosts of one of the greatest game shows of all time, Family Feud, and uh, and I've mentioned it in other episodes. I obviously I'm a I'm a game show fan, and I think uh, Family Feud is one of the greatest of all time. Okay, so fun facts about Family Feud. It was created by Mark Goodson, who along with Bill Todman, brought us many game show classics, some of which are still on today, such as Family Feud, Card Sharks is back with Joe McHale, uh, The Price is Right, Mm -hmm. Match Game, To Tell the Truth, and Beat the Clock, even though I haven't seen the new Beat the Clock. I haven't watched that. I've watched every one of them. I don't like to tell the truth. Never have, so... But, I mean, he's done a lot of blockbusters. Like I said, I'm a big game show fan. I used to watch them with my uncle and my grandpa, who are both incredibly intelligent. And, you know, you like to test your smarts. So he did He did blockbusters. I've got a secret, concentration, password, what's my line? So, which was really, really cool. One of the other interesting things is the Feud won two, two Daytime Any Awards for Outstanding Game uh, Audience Participation Show. 1977 with Richard Dawson, and uh, 2019 with uh, Steve Harvey. Dawson won Best Host Emmy in 1978, and Harvey has won it twice for Family Feud, 2014-2017. Another fun fact, uh, GSN, Game Show Network, ranked Feud as number three on the top 50 game shows of all time. Okay, with all of that said, I I think we've got enough uh, background information on Family Feud, and I think it's time to get some rankings going. All right. So we're not doing guest hosts, right? Just- no guest hosts. No, no. Just the, the the standard hosts.
0: No, no guests. So we have six then.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So who's your number six? Who's at the bottom of your list?
1: Um, The bottom of my list is the 1999 to 2002 host, and that would be Louis Anderson.
0: Mm. Yeah. And to, sp- and to just, you know, it's mine too. Uh, Louis is yeah. my least favorite, so nothing really... Yeah.
1: And to be honest, uh, I did watch a couple of them. I I, I didn't like it. I you know, and no, no offense to Louis, I was never a, really a fan of his comedy. It really doesn't yeah. work for me. Not since he was uh, their co- uh, in coming to America as their coworker at McDowell's. But, you know, it's the, He's just not. I don't find your him cup funny. of tea. Yeah, and there was there was some hinky shit that was complained about on the show as well. I mean, they they let him go to bring on Richard Karn. All right. So
0: then, who's your number five? Richard Carn. <laughs> Richard Carn's your number five. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who's what, your number five? what did what did you what did you not like and like about Richard Carn?
1: And, and this was tough. I mean, there's all there's very little margin between him and my number four because, <clears throat> and there you know, it, and, you know, it was kind of where the torch was passed from Carn to the. And, I just, uh, it was okay. I just didn't think it was as funny. You know, it mm-hmm. seemed a little, a little too bland. I mean, it wasn't like bad cause like I, I really thought it was bad with Louie Anderson. <laughs> I, um, yeah. That's why I didn't watch many. Cause I didn't think they were good. You know, and I did watch a decent amount of Karn's episodes and he was good. So those who aren't familiar with Richard Carn and may not have seen those episodes, he was uh Tim Allen's partner on uh home improvement. So yeah. uh, on the show. And he's a good actor. And it was good. It's just, eh, you know, it's okay.
0: Who's your number five? My number five is is Ray, right? Ray Ray Coombs. Yeah, Coombs. You didn't watch Ray Coombs episodes. I have seen him with you. The reason I don't really like watching Ray is because I think when we first watched, you told me his fate in life. Oh, so There was always just something kind of creepy to me about watching... Ray. I don't know. There's something I always felt weird watching Ray. Cause I know how things were going to, you know, how things ended up for him. Okay. So so- I didn't watch it live, but we would see reruns cause we watched the fuck out of family feud. So occasionally Ray episodes would come on. Cause I'd be like, who the fuck's this guy? Like, you know? Well,
1: well, unfortunately, you, you know, they can't run match game 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, I, I would love it if they could, but <laughs> uh, so what you're, what Alex is referencing to is, uh, you know, sadly, Ray, ray coombs uh hung himself in the hospital on june 2nd 1996
0: uh well not just was, that he tried to kill himself days before that too and like right. wrecked his house and then they inst- put him in the institution to stop him from killing himself but he still managed to do it yeah he hung himself
1: in his closet in, in the uh, hospital room where a 72 sheets. hour uh me- medical health uh me- mental health hold excuse me and well and it turns out he was like in crippling debt. Yeah, uh, he couldn't manage his money, and he was in crippling debt. Obviously, had some you know mental health issues, and boy, yeah, just a real, real sad ending to him. But-
0: so yeah, whenever I'd watch his episodes, I'd be it was just always be in my mind where I'm like, damn, this dude's life is fucking going downhill, like. During, so I don't know, there's always a hint of sadness. I wasn't, I just didn't enjoy watching, still fucked up. I still liked them more than the Louis episodes that I'd see. I haven't seen many Louis episodes, but I remember not liking it. So I'll still take Ray over Louis. But uh, there's always yeah, like a yeah. hint of sadness always with it, maybe more than a hint of shade.
1: Okay, so we're up to number four, and uh, do you want to go ahead
0: or you want me to go with my number four? My four is Richard Karn. <laughs> okay yeah and uh, uh i him and him and my number three are actually pretty close together i like richard karn i thought he was good i, I thought he was a good yeah host. yeah
1: no he's not he's it's not bad it's just it's you know he's, I mean, he's middle
0: you, of the pack you know he's not bad it's not like you know he doesn't have any blemishes on his uh, resume yeah, yeah it's but, not bad
1: but but it's not inspiring yeah. and i mean it's you know if you're you're a fan of the game and how the game works it's it, it, you know it's perfectly fine yeah like him and my number four or, you know, are same in that, that sense. And that's uh my, my number four is John O'Hurley and mm-hmm. uh, old Peterman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like I said, it, it was really tough between him and Karn. I see them like almost, almost the same. And, yeah. uh, and they, they were cause Karn did it from 02 to 06. And then O'Hurley took over in 06 to 20, 2010. And I, And I I liked, you know, obviously I I loved him on Seinfeld and, uh, I I thought he did a good job with it. He was funny. Uh, but it it was funny. Uh, in 2010, he, he left family. Feud. Mm. Yeah. He left because the producers wanted to take the show into more ribald humor (laughs) and he (laughs) wanted it to be a family friendly show. Interesting. uh, Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's when they, uh, brought on you know steve harvey
0: so right so yeah my number three is john O'Hurley because either he pulls off the good uh look at the camera you know being like "What, duff you know that's what you said or you know give him the kind of brows you know raising the eyebrows of like yeah. oh i don't know about that answer like yeah he, he, he does do the brows you're you're right i mean so yeah i oh, Hurley, and once again it's probably just also carry over from being peterman that i like um a lot as a as a host. So yeah, he's number three, but like I said, I said before him and Karn or what you're saying too, is that they're very, very interchangeable.
1: Yeah. from that era and uh, my number three is actually Ray Combs her Coombs. Yeah. Uh, he's and, and it, because it reminds me of the original, you know, iteration mm-hmm. with, with Richard, with Richard Dawson. And it's not, I mean, cause it basically was a continuation. It was right after yeah. R- Richard Dawson. I mean, Combs, uh, you know, Combs did it from, uh, 88 to 94 and it was the exact same set and it it was uh and it was pretty cool what one of one of Coombs' is uh his shtick what he would like to do because he's a really sh- really really short guy you know and he was a stand-up comedian by trade before that and he mm-hmm. uh so like when some when women would have high heels on he would take his shoes off and wear their high heels and you know walk around so he could look taller and that and you know that m- might have been you know warning signs but <laughs> and uh, and he did this other one Like every now and then It's really rare But every now and then Someone gets you know, When they do fast money Someone gets all the points uh, You know The first person Knocks off the 200 So he had a shtick Where uh, he'd had to, Everyone calm down And then he would Call the second person out And just make up Crazy questions And you know <laughs> So it was uh, He was uh, He was good I, I just and I, Some of that's tied To nostalgia From my childhood I think and okay so who's your number two
0: well yeah i mean we're pretty much all lined up uh my number two is steve harvey
1: yep steve harvey's my number two it's not
0: i I mean it's not even close i mean i mean steve harvey's clearly the second best nobody nobody's been doing the nobody else besides dawson has been doing the eyebrows look at you know and looking at the camera and just to- like bewilderment at the answers the contestants i've yeah. given of like what and some of his you know when he starts laughing along with people like at their answers and stuff and some of the questions he asks are a little you know some of the follow-up questions he asks can be a little risque so i think i like steve harvey as the second best
1: yeah, and I think Steve Harvey is the, the best person to host it during this, this period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you know Richard Dawson is the you know is the OG. So obviously yeah, you figured out we both have Richard Dawson as number of one course. and, and uh, you know gonna say we're purists and you would probably be right on the this I mean one. yeah, that's
0: just the most amount of episodes I've watched is Dawson episodes, you know. But yeah, that's all right. Uh, so if, if you had to, if you had to make a family feud team so you and four other people of the haven cast the characters not the actors the characters who you taking who you taking on a family feud with you oh on family feud i'm a i am a feel like vince and dave gotta go you know they got you gotta lock in with vince and dave they got all the knowledge yeah they got all that knowledge dave can kind of match that pervy humor that kind of risque humor you know if steve harvey's kind of like what you know dave will kind of throw out those crazy ones that steve can make funny
1: yeah and th- from there it gets tough it gets tough because there's only
0: four right or uh, oh yeah, it's it's yourself and then four others so so uh i'm taking i'm taking evie uh it's my fourth really Hmm. she's traveled i feel like duke has got a bit his head in the sand a bit right i feel like he's traveled but he is his knowledge is too obscure where he's not aware of like common day things right like you know he's still using aol instant messenger no i'm just kidding uh (laughs) but he, you know, isn't as up to date, you know, he knows like things, but not pop culture as well as he should. Whereas I think Evie's got that, got that, got that side down.
1: Yeah. So like, like you said, definitely Vince and Dave for sure. That That's, uh, you know, part of me wants to take Audrey cause she's really good at, you know, critical thinking,
0: but in the yeah, same let's, token, let's take Audrey off the board. You can't have Audrey.
1: And I was just gonna say, but in the, but the same token uh, we, we don't, her memories aren't even real, and who knows what pop culture <laughs> she really—you
0: s- know—unless unless it's about "Unstake My Heart." She probably doesn't know anything. Try to trick you into taking fraudery after after uh, she visits the barn. <laughs> yeah, after after the barn visit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, oh, you want her on your team, right? Yeah.
1: So I'm definitely. I'm, i I think. I, you know, I'm going to. I'm not oh, taking Chris, even though he's a scientist. <laughs> I'm not taking Chris.
0: Oh yeah, that then I I, I know who my fifth is then. All right. All right. We got it. Okay. We got a schoolyard pick then. Uh, Okay. Okay. You can take, you can take one of, you can have one of Dave and Vince. So we split them. Who do you want of the two? Uh, I want Vince. That's it. That's cool. I want a Dave. So I want Dave, Evie, and then I, and then your choice next. I got an idea who I want next. I'm going to take Nathan. I'm gonna take Nathan. Take Nathan. I'm, gonna take, I'm Nathan.
1: gonna take Nathan because Nathan's not in any relationships. So when he's not working, he's probably watching TV. He's reading the paper. He's working on his art. His Decofage. But and, and before the chief died, you know, he didn't have the chief duty. So he yeah. probably, you know, Had watched a lot time. of TV. So I'm going Nathan as my number two.
0: All right. My third that's my third of my four choices. So fourth member of my team is definitely gonna be Dwight. Damn it. That was my next pick. <laughs> so I'm rocking Dave, Evie, and Dwight so far. I'm liking my team, I'm liking my odds a lot. Andre's off the table, by the way. Don't you, you I dare take, take a- Captain Richards. No,
1: no, <laughs> no. Oh, you know, I, believe me, Joe Campbell was on the tip of my mind. He, but no,
0: I'm going to take Doc Eleanor. Damn, 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 damn. That was my next choice. That was my next choice. All right, you know, because he's ballsy, he's gutsy. I want a guy who's, you know, really just going to go all out. Uh, so I'm picking Doc Lucchese as my favorite. Oh, Doc
1: Lucchese.
0: <laughs> you know, he gets oh. rid of his inhibitions, and uh, he's just going to go for it.
1: Have to pick one. I, I'm not I'm not picking the ref. Yeah, I mean, he's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, I don't he, think. He, I don't think that's a he, good he's an choice. Ass. Yeah, it, it would kill team morale, you know. He wouldn't want to be part of the huddle with us. So he would, he yeah, he'd be like, uh, all right, you
0: know, What if they, you know, blank, you know, he's been eating blank, you know, and he'll be like, uh, communion wafers. You're like, God damn it, Rev. No one's going to say that. America's not going to say that. Sin. Sin. (laughs) Sin. That's pretty Uh, much his answer for every one of them.
1: Eternal damnation. No, no, Rev. I'm trying to think if there's any like guest stars who are really good. You got to take Chris, man. I'm no just no no uh yeah he's he's not watching tv he's too smart for that you know he's he's doing research he's observing he's observing, a, he, he's the observing.
0: World. yeah <laughs> no i think uh screw it i'll take duke what the hell all right you're taking the boys duke and nathan vince i, I think i'm gonna pull i think i got this one man you know, julia parker yeah. not julia yeah, julia Carr. yeah you're gonna take the mother mother daughter combo well, I got four. Yeah, that's it. That, Team's that's done. It.
1: We're done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're thinking your team would beat my team? Oh uh, yeah. My team no. would win.
1: No, Vince, Vince, Vince knows more than Dave. Yeah. he
0: just he Vince doesn't. Vince knows more important stuff. Dave knows more about target photography, prostitution, prostitution dresses. Yeah. I mean, he bought Audrey's outfit you know he has a van he knows all those radio signs restraining orders yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. the law he knows these things uh See, evie, I, she's i'm world, saying evie evie evie, and duke world, cro- evie no, no no evie knows more than duke about the world come on yeah nah they
1: they cross each other
0: out they cross no, each other out no, no 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 and then
1: doc eleanor and doc Casey, they probably cross <laughs> each other out so. so the advantage
0: comes with dwight dwight's Dwight, we have Dwight, Dwight versus uh, Nathan, Nathan is really yeah, and Dwight's uh wealth library of experience and knowledge, a pure knowledge. The dude's an electrician, bodyguard, cleaner, whatever, mechanic, every hobby, profession, he knows. It. He's probably an NBA player, he's probably a submarine operator, he's probably a fucking famous actor, a wrestler. <laughs> Well, that's it for the episode, episode five, Roots of Season Two. You can uncover more secrets of Haven with us in one week. Trouble drops every Monday, so make sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts like Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, Deezer, and YouTube. If you want to contact us, the easiest way to reach us is by email. You can reach us at troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. If you want the podcast, Straight from the source, you can visit our website, troubledpodcast.com, where we upload every episode and put updates for everyone to see what we're up to. And any links that you might have trouble finding you uh, on a Apple Podcasts or stuff like that, you can find it there. Let's say you're on Twitter and you want to follow us. Our Twitter handle is at Havens Troubled. to capital H and a capital T. You can follow us for more Haven and sci-fi related content, stuff like that. Podcasting is fun. We love it. But it doesn't pay our bills yet, and hopefully, eventually, one day, maybe. That's why you can find us on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. Or if you go to Patreon and search for Troubled, a return to Haven, you can find us. We have three tiers. Joining the first for $1 makes you a Haven tourist. We will get access to our production documents, fun behind-the-scenes info, as well as a fan shout-out, a Wu-Tang nickname. And now we have to send out those wrestler names to our patrons.
1: Uh, I look forward to that. I look forward to that.
0: Yeah, hopefully they turn out better than ours. Joining our three dollars <laughs> tier makes you a Haven resident, where you will gain access to our bonus series. Troubled with extra syrup, we travel out we travel outside the confines of Haven to bring you more than you ever thought you <laughs> needed. I thought I almost said traveled, uh, <laughs> Tra- traveled. The, the trouble with travels isn't that exactly. a Star Trek episode. <laughs> yeah um we cover anything like stephen king books tv shows real life events soundtracks you name it but we always find ways to tie it back to haven lastly our five dollar tiers are haven's trouble tier where you get access to our director's cuts episodes and those will be dropping all throughout 2021 you get to hear kind of some extra tangents if you uh if you Listen to a couple, and you're like, you know what? I want the extra tangents. Just jump over to the five dollar and uh, go through our episodes like that. You'll also have the option to set up a Zoom call of any kind. You know, do a Q and A, uh, live discussion. We can turn it into an episode or a production document if you think it might be interesting, entertaining, and you want our your fellow audience members to see what we talked about.
1: Yeah, I would not say of any kind per se. You know, there are limitations to what we will do,
0: but they're very
1: limited. Those <laughs> yeah. Limitations. The bar is on the ground, but not quite into it.
0: (laughs) As your expectations should be for us. That's it for us. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. This is Alex French.
1: And this is Rich French wanting to uh, echo Alex's thanks. We really appreciate your listenership, your support to our Patreon members. uh, We shout out to you. Appreciate you. And uh, please come back and join us next week for another uh, Return to Haven. Everyone, please be safe. And most importantly, remember, never, ever let your troubles get you down.